ParkPal is a companion iPhone app for trips to Disneyland Paris. ParkPal is available free from the App Store. Action! Welcome to Torn Stubbs, the Trash Movie Podcast with me, Robert Gershenson, photographer and creative director of Trash, which can be found at movetotrash.co.uk. And Joshua Winning, the greatest film critic you've never heard of. And we're going to the movies. Hey! In this episode, we're going to revisit a film that had its cinema release very recently and see if we feel different to how we did when we first saw it. This episode is The Nice Guys. Joshua. So The Nice Guys was a film, or is a film, directed by Shane Black, who you might know from Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I think he wrote the the first Lethal Weapon movie. And the second. And the second as well. Uh, He also directed uh, Iron Man 3 recently. Mm -hmm. Quite recently. Which is like... A couple of years ago. The 12th highest grossing movie ever, apparently. Oh yeah, it went past a billion, I think. Yeah. Quite quickly. Um, But this is kind of back to his roots. It's a buddy cop kind of thriller uh it's set in 1977 it stars russell crowe and uh ryan gosling and they are a couple of kind of down and dirty um private investigators who get caught up in a murder mystery in la and he does this very well shane black this is his bread and butter i mean he could do this he could do this in his sleep but that's that's not a that's not a negative you know, he, he does it so well and it, you don't feel at any point that he's resting on his laurels. He just feel, it seems like he's having the time of his life making this film. Yeah. I grew up on Lethal Weapon. Yeah. So that kind of quick-witted double act between two people who are chalk and cheese, essentially, is is very, very familiar to me. I love it. Uh-huh. This film, the cynical side of me does kind of say this basically is the last Boy Scout with the you know the current hot stars of the moment um last boy scout was i think 1994 five? i've never seen it it's really good it's, what's it about so it's bruce willis he teams up with a a kind of disgraced uh, american football player mm-hmm. and they try to solve oj simpson <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh legit and uh they they get caught up in like a murder case um and it's it, when you look at it from when you compare it to the nice guys, the setup is very, very similar. You know, Bruce Willis has a kind of wise cracking, wise beyond her years daughter, played by Daniel Harris. Um, and and nice guys, Ryan Gosling has the young daughter who's a very much kind of the parent in the situation. Um and so they are you could cynically compare them and say, look, they kind of are the same film. But I think Nice Guys is a lot more playful. It it's more stylish it's more fun i think than the last boy scout which is quite violent and uh very very much a bruce willis 90s action film in terms of style i don't think this film is set in the 1970s that that the time that we're from i think this is set in a a stylized 1970s based on all the cool crime movies that came out in the 70s like the french connection and and I don't know anything with like Al Pacino in or, or something like that. It doesn't feel realistic. No, no, and you you get that from that opening scene where there's the kid and he's looking at the the, the centerfold of a Playboy model, 
Um, and then he goes out or a car crashes through his house <laughs> and he kind of stumbles through the wreckage and finds that very same Playboy model yeah. posed in the exact same way. And it's all very odd and you kind of you almost expect him to wake up and be like oh my god what a weird dream but this in this reality this has really happened yeah um and the film very cleverly plays with that line between uh reality and hyper reality i guess let's talk about ryan goslin um he's a revelation in this film he is fucking awesome he's like one of the best things about movies in the last couple of years yeah you know he came back we talked about what was that film we talked about oh, last we week? We spoke about the Big Short on the last Oh, episode. The Big Short. Yeah. Right, so he came back over after his break and it was almost like he'd had a real think about what he'd been doing with his career and then decided that he was going to try something completely different. And and the thing that he did was, I guess he, like like a lot of leading Hollywood men, he got bored of being labelled this heartthrob. Yeah. And so he came back with The Big Short where he had that ridiculous tan, that stupid wig. Um, and then in this, he just gets beaten to a pulp he's got that stupid mustache um and he screams like a little child regularly um and it's fucking brilliant it's hilarious there's i I felt with him there was there was aspects of in his head he wasn't acting in a shane black movie in 2017 he was acting in a a john landis movie in the 80s yeah it was almost like he was channeling uh chevy chase or martin short or steve uh, Martin. Yeah. He could have been in I don't know, The Jerk or The Three Amigos. Yeah, he brings he brings that's the great thing about him is that he brings stuff to the role. You know, there's there are actors who maybe aren't quite successful who just say the lines. Um but with with Ryan Gosling, he has thought about every tick, every movement, every pause, you know, every expression and and there's there's moments where he you know, there are no lines, but he's just really you just watch him and he's fantastic yeah he's a great clown he's really funny physical he's his physical comedy and it's not like slipping on a banana skin or yeah. doing the chaplain walk his you say oh oh i got a notification you say that he um you say that he, he he's constantly thinking about the at the times when there's no dialogue for him and it's not just the case of you know his facial expressions his body language is just spot on yeah he inhabits that role completely mm-hmm. yeah and it's such a bizarre pair up as well like ryan gosling with russell crowe it's just really odd well, it's probably just as odd as danny glover and mel gibson yeah and that but that's why it works you know sometimes you yeah. can throw a pair of actors together and it's just a disaster like jennifer lopez and ben affleck really. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously sure they're happy for what for like a good 10 months of their relationship. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she wrote a whole album about that relationship. So she, she worked it. She got some um, money out of it. Yeah. But this just works really well. And Russell Crowe, you know, people are down on him a lot of the time. Um, but he's really quite... Um, well, he's not a natural comedian. Right. This, he's like, generous. He's really generous with this film. Yeah, that's, that's what I feel. I feel if, if, if we're talking, let's say, comedy doubles, you have the comedy one and the straight man. Yeah, you know, you exactly. Morecambe and Wise. Yeah, um, and he lets Ryan Gosling be the the crazy kind of, uh, you know, the, the the comedy of the film. Yeah, but it's not a case of Russell Crowe comes in, does his lines as a setup for Ryan Gosling to give you know be the punchline of the joke and then leave. Mm. It feels very organic. He's he is the straight man of the relationship, but not so much that it's jarring and uncomfortable. Mm. You don't feel like he shouldn't be there. Yeah, you feel like he is. Ne- it is necessary for him to be there. Yeah, and he is 
in a, in his weird in his way, he is quite funny in the movie. He is funny, but he yeah. is the straight man in the relationship. Yeah, and there there are a few little moments where you can tell that there's a little bit of improvisation going on. Like when they when they discover the body in in by the tree, and yeah. Russell Crowe says something like, "We'll go throw up and then we'll sort it out." And and you're like, "You you definitely added that in there." But that's great. It, it, they've got a great thing going on. They do their first meeting together. Yeah, it's brilliant. Was it's almost like a masterclass of how to mingle all the threads, not not narrative threads, but all the stylish, all the style stylistic threads that you want to present mm. in the movie mm-hmm. so that there's like physical comedy there's the aggression and the uh, i've been here done that of russell crowe's character plus the comedy from ryan gosling yeah and that awful bit where he gets his wrist snapped yeah but it, it's just perfect yeah. because you know russell crowe's character kind of does it oh but, you know i've done this before mm-hmm. while ryan gosling's character is like I, this is not what the pi is meant to I, no 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 <laughs> It's hilarious. It's, it's brilliant. It says everything we need to know about those two characters separately and the relationship they have with each other and then what develops from there. Yeah, definitely. It's brilliant. Yeah. I love it. It is literally the best uh, non-buddy cop, buddy cop movie I've seen in a long, long time. Yeah, it's great. And they did actually start out, I think it was originally planned as a TV series, which you can kind of see. Um, and actually... Watching it a second time, I I really really want to see a sequel or a yeah. or a TV show yeah. like you know an HBO uh, mini series with these guys. Like I would watch that to hell and back. Like it's yeah. just fantastic. A good like six episodes on Netflix. Yeah, every six months will be perfect. And they've already got the title because at the end of the film they call themselves the Nice Guys Agency. That yeah. is the name of the TV show that I want to watch. So you felt like you were watching the pilot for the TV show. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, in terms of writing and characterization it is it is wonderfully spot on in terms of story i think it's a little bit far too convoluted yeah. for its own good it sometimes lost... it does feels a feels it feels a bit muddy and a bit messy mm. yeah it did kind of lose me halfway through a little bit in terms of the mystery but because i was enjoying the character so much it kind of just swept me along anyway um but yeah towards the end i was slightly unclear on why anybody was doing anything (laughs) (laughs) but i think maybe they felt that way as well so and shane black wonderful writer he he gets you know his characters are are so much there on on the page they're so fully realized but he's not an action director oh that's interesting not an i don't feel he's an action i felt the action was a Hmm. bit lackluster and a bit yeah we'll let the dp sort that one out yeah and it's strange for someone who spent so much time around richard donner because the action in Lethal Weapon is is this great blend of 80s action with kind of silent comedy, let everything happen in a wide wide shot. Yeah. There's in 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 the nice guys, there's that awesome bit where Ryan Gosling and one of the bad guys falls off a roof and the shot is looking down as they're both falling towards the swimming pool. Yeah. Ryan Gosling hits the pool, the other guy in one shot, uh-huh. obviously CGI, hits the side yeah, just, splat. It, yeah, it's just a splat. That's the only. That's the only moment where I thought, ah, he's learnt from Donna. But the other action scenes were just a bit lacking for me. Yeah, I could see that. He 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 is kind of point and shoot a little bit. But I, I kind of didn't mind because actually that's isn't that what a lot of the seventies films looked like anyway. But this isn't a seventies movie. This is two thousand seventeen. Yeah, but it's it's embracing the stylistic. Is it? Yeah. Clothes-wise, yeah. Well, it might be being, I don't know it if... might be being generous, but I it didn't bugger me at all. 
bug me. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it was. I don't think it was intended to be made to look like it was made in the seventies. They weren't using long lenses. There weren't mm. the pans and you know the kind of slow zooms that that is typical of seventies cinema. Mm. It's definitely a 2017 movie set in yeah. a version of the 70s. Yeah. Are we going to talk about Matt Bomer? We can talk about Matt Bomer. <laughs> I forgot he was in it. I know, I'd forgotten he was Completely in it as well. I forgot he was in it. And he turned up as kind of like slimy. I love how they ugly him up by giving him a mole. Like <laughs> the most attractive man basically working in Hollywood at the moment. And they give him a mole and a Ken doll wig. What else has he been in? Because well, I, I don't know too much about him, but everyone right. seems to lose their shit. Well, like, he was you've in... just lost your shit. <laughs> <laughs> he was in Magic Mike, and he, he's got his TV show, White Collar, which ended in 2014. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Oh, wait, he was in... Was he in the 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 AIDS uh, TV show? There was a, a TV show... That was oh, The Normal on... Heart. There was a TV what movie, Normal Heart. Normal Heart. Yeah, yes, with, he was um, in that. Ruffalo. Yeah. Yeah, he was in that because he's a gay I actor. I didn't see that. <laughs> oh, I, I think I maybe Magic Mike and this is the only thing I've seen him in. Oh, okay. Well, he's he's great in this. This kind of like really oily... He's, I mean, he, you don't know anything about him. He's just an assassin. Yeah. But he's got that kind of creepy... You, you, can, you can tell that he's seen things and done things. Did he die in this movie? Uh, I can't remember if, he, if his yeah, character died. Yeah, Russell Crowe. Did he kill... Oh, no, he didn't kill him because the girl was like, don't kill uh, yeah. him. You'll be a bad person. That was the one bit in the film that I was like, "Ugh, come on." Um, so maybe he, he could come back as like a recurring bad guy. Yeah, maybe maybe he's got a twin brother. Who Does has he need a twin brother? It's him. He can come back. He's not dead. No, but in in true seventies style, maybe he's a triplet. I don't... What? Only one's got the mole, and that's how they tell him apart. Yeah, exactly. In like the climax. Um, Wait, that mole's just chocolate. So in this in so this film. It kind of works both in the cinema and at home. It's not, it's not like it needs to be seen in the cinema, right? Well, I've only, I've only watched it at home. Okay. I didn't see it in the movies. Oh, you didn't see it in the movies at no, all? No. Oh, I did. Lucky, Why didn't you see it, when, it you. when it came out? Uh, I was busy, I guess. I don't know. I was washing my hair. Yeah. Okay, so I, I really enjoyed that. I'll probably watch that again, maybe a year or two. I'm pretty sure I watched it the first time in February this year. Oh, really? Yeah, it was, it was on... Um, it was on one of the streaming services, not to have, show any prejudice. Preferential treatment. Um, do you live in a flight path? Uh, yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> Every episode, I'm just counting how many planes go over. <laughs> so that was a Nice Guys directed by Shane Black. We want you to join the conversation. So tell us what you thought about the Nice Guys at Torn Stubbs Pod, even if you're listening to this episode way after we've released it. And let's keep the conversation going, Joshua. Share the podcast as far and wide as you possibly can. And we love a five-star rating. Tell your mama. We're off to swim with mermaids. Until next time, I remain Robert Gershenson. I'm Joshua Winning. Cut.